So as we continue to look at, at my church family, we're going to look at the, the, the movement of the church, and then we're going to talk about that. But you know what? I think, I think y'all, I had rather go ahead and read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5.15, and if you could provide that for us, we've had some technical issues. Uh, if you could put that on the screen, and you can kind of mark this down. But this scripture just simply says, See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. Those two words right there, very important. Because when you say to anyone, that, that even means people that we probably don't even um, talk to. That's a good way to say it. And it could be people we see on a regular basis if you catch my drift. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue, and that means chase or go after, what is good both for yourselves and for all. So we need to look at this again before we go on because we're not just reading this for the sake of reading a Bible verse, but see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. And I need to kind of break the word evil down for you because in church settings, we always think of evil sometimes as uh, gory, gothic-looking things and gross things. Well, let me tell you what evil is. Evil is anything that Jesus Christ wouldn't do. That's just a good way to describe the word evil because if the Lord's not prompting you to do something and be Christ-like, I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there who is. And what he tells us to do is never good or godly. It's always evil. And some evil looks worse than others, but evil is evil. Evil's like sin, you know. It's not on a chronological scale. It's just called sin. So see that nobody, and that includes people in the church, that we render evil for evil, but always we need to always kind of look and be intentional and pursue what is good both for ourselves and for everybody else. But if you go over while you hold that thought in your mind to Galatians chapter 6, the Bible says this, and tonight we're staying inside the four walls right now. Did I go off just then? No, there I am. We're, we're, we're not talking about outreach right now. We're talking about in touch, in reach, inside the building. Verse 2 of chapter 6 of Ephesians says this, bear one another's burdens. If you do that, you fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens. We're inside the church now. Bear one another's burdens. Don't do evil to anybody. Bear one another's burdens. Verse 10 says this right here. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. See, we're running into the same situation. Two different books of the Bible. Do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. That's inside the four walls of this building. So, as we have opportunity, we want to do outreach, but the Bible tells us right here, we need to make sure before we try to do outreach 
we're doing in touch and in reach inside of the building because, again, we can only be as strong outside as we are inside. If we pretend to be stronger or attempt to be stronger outside of the church than we truly are, even if we have a fake smile but we have a hard, hardened heart against each other, we are at best just poor hypocrites. So we will never have the horsepower outside of the building that's stronger than the horsepower inside of the building. So you got to remember those things. You got to make sure that you're always doing good to those who are of the household of faith and and we've, we've got to bear one another's burdens. I'll talk about that in just a few minutes, but we're going to look actually at what's going on with the early church, and this kind of is the early church. It's, it's been going on for a while, but we want to go to Acts chapter 4, verse 35, because the, the, this is after the day of Pentecost, and let me tell you something, if you're looking in your Bible or you're looking on a tablet or a computer, I want to tell you about this. Because once the day of Pentecost happened, it occurred, the, the, the promise of, of the Spirit. Once that happened, that church could not be stopped. It didn't matter. Now, now we're all in a pandemic mode right now, but they were in... Uh, a brutality, being chased out of town, being shut down, being burned at the stake, being whipped at the post, uh, being beheaded, being, uh, did I say burned in oil, or stoned to death, or beaten many times with whip, or in prison. This is the kind of pandemic that they stayed in. And there wasn't nothing social about it. There wasn't nothing um, politically correct about it. In, in fact... They were always persecuted, and they had to, for the most part, meet in each other's houses because people were trying to shut down what God was doing, and nobody, and you know, the gates of hell won't prevail against the body of Christ, against the church. So these people really had a lot uh, going on and a lot after them, but you could not stop them for nothing. They would not take no for an answer. They would die before they would stop being Jesus to the world outside, but even more so being Jesus to each other. I mean, these people were so tight. They, their hearts almost were like they were in sync with one another. They could not, unlike what we've seen globally for the past year, they could not stand a thought of not being together on pretty much a daily basis because when they were together, they were powerful, they were stronger, they grew uh, iron, really sharpened iron on a regular basis. So it was like, it was like that's where all their vitamins, the supplements of the spirit, that's where all of it come from when they were together. Does anything kind of sound weird about that picture and the picture we've had for the past 12 months? It sounds very weird to me. And it's all by grand uh, schemes and grand designs that it's happened the way it's happened and it's going to keep happening. And this is a good 
uh, springboard for me to say this before we read these scriptures. The reason we have to be tighter than we've ever been as a church, and, and the number doesn't matter, and that's one thing I want you to try to detox yourself of tonight. I want you to get your mind on how many people are here at any given time or how many people are not here. Because a lot of times God did the greatest work not when 5,000 pe people were eating bread and fish, but when 120 people would not stop praying until God moved. So we got to get our minds into this book the way things happened and the way they continue to happen. And in saying that, the closer we get to the return of the Lord, the more the world outside is going to increase in its activity. It's going to have all kind of names. It's going to have all kind of labels. It's going to have all kind of spokespersons. I'm not even just referring to the pandemic right now. I'm talking about the way of this world. It is fading away, but what we all have to understand is that there's only one group, there's only one body, only one organization that can withstand, still be together, still get things accomplished, and best of all, not be moved by what's going on, and it's the church. But I'm going to tell you again that we cannot be that group of people if we are only doing it in a hypocritical state. It don't work that way. I'm going to show you, and, you know, my brother Tripp really taught me this word spiritually, and I'm going to use it right now. But we're going to look at how hardcore these people really were. And this is a pattern for me and you right now because, folks, I'm going to tell you this. This is a positive statement I'm making, and it's not negative at all. But if we, if we don't learn how to get as tight as we possibly get, can get as brothers and sisters inside of this building, we're going to have a lot of people that's going to die of heart attacks, and it's not because they got underlying health conditions. It's because the fear of this world. And you know, the Bible said, unless the Lord would shorten the days, that a lot of people just drop dead because men's heart would fail them for fear. And see, when we're together and we're having great altar calls and all that, oh, it, hey, we can be froggy in the Lord, amen? But you put us out there in a break room at work around a bunch of filthy talking sinners and people that's dropping the bombs and all these other kind of words you used to and all that, oh, what do we do? We feel like we're a lone ranger and we just want to mind our own business and hope they don't start picking on us. Amen, brother. Amen. You feel outnumbered. So this is why this might be one of the most important messages that I preach all year long is this one tonight. Let's look at just how hardcore these people were in verse 32. Now, the multitudes of those who believed were of, here we go, one heart and one soul. Right there. I could really just say, y'all, let's just spend the rest of the evening praying that just uh, whatever we got right here, not even the folks that's watching, right, but just in this building right now, what we can do to become one heart and one soul. There's no telling what God would do for us, with us, and through us by doing that. But these people 
the multitude of those who believe were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say of the things that he possessed. Now, we're about to go deep, so you better have your waiters on. Neither did anyone say of the things that he possessed was his own, but they all had all things in common. Do y'all know what that, that's kind of like a, you know, New Testament reading, but does everybody understand what that meant right there? That meant that every single possession that this group that was of one heart and one soul, I'm, I'm talking material things now, planes, trains, and automobiles, and everything in the castle, all possession, their livestock, their wardrobes, the food in their pantries, everything they had was everybody's. If there was a need, boom, I'm cleaning my cabinet out. If there was a, uh, uh, a need, I, I'm selling my cattle. If there was a need, I'm selling my farm. If there was a need, I'm giving this part of my house to this family. I know that's deep, but they, you got to see, you got to see. They didn't do this. The Spirit of God did this. When they went and sought the Lord and did what he said, this is what it generated. And when new disciples, new believers, verse 32, were brought into the kingdom, this is the kind of preaching, this is the kind of example, and this is the kind of life they lived. So nobody said, well, that's still mine. I got to hold on to it. And verse 33 says this, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. So great power was prevalent and available, but also great grace in verse 34 says, nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. And they distributed to each other as anyone had need. And you know what we do? Well, I got this I can sell. But everybody, starting with me, there is a cutoff somewhere. There's a cutoff. I'm being, I'm being straight with you now. There's a cutoff. And what happens is... We try to do uh, so much Christian service in our flesh. And when our flesh runs into a block or a wall or something that's kind of hard, then we kind of just cut our, our flesh, cuts it off. And what the difference is now as opposed to back then is everything these people did, I just told you this, but I want to tell you again. Everything they did, it wasn't really them doing it. It was the Spirit of God doing it through them. So in other words, after the day of Pentecost, as people believed and the Lord filled them, they received Jesus in their life, they all of a sudden clocked out and the Lord Jesus filled them and for the rest of their lives, He just kind of worked through them. I don't want to use the word channeled, but He... Like a vase, he just poured into them and through them. He just literally used their bodies. I don't want to use this example, but some of you may have seen 
the movie a long time ago with Patrick Swayze and Whoopi Goldberg and uh, Demi Moore and Ghost, I think was the name of it. And, you know, I don't endorse this, don't condone it or nothing. Uh, but some of you just really have a spiritual understanding about biblical things when you add a carnal example. So I, for your benefit, if you all remember, she died. And so she worked through, and this is a very bad, very bad example, but I'm using it because if one person understands that don't understand, it's worth this time. And so he still communicated with her, talked to her like she was still alive. She was kind of hung out there. There ain't no such thing as all that, by the way. And if you are new to the faith, that's the easiest way I can tell you from a, a, a worldly uh, word picture of what on a greater scale happens to the believer that's really sold out to the Lord. The Lord at that moment, and, and I'm not saying anything that people don't know in this room and people watching, the Bible says in the 12th chapters of Romans that I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. So what he was saying is, once the Lord saves you and he removes sin out of your life, then the fair thing to do, the right, and by the way, the lowest thing you could do is say, okay, here's my body, you use it. And when you give the Lord your body like that, you give him everything that's attached to your body, which is material things. And these people did that. They gave every single thing because the love of Jesus was so strong in them. They had all things in common. They had the same love. They were of one heart and one soul. So I love Billy like I love myself. And if Billy needed something or he knew of somebody else in the room or somebody in the body, somebody in the building, then, well, listen, I still got 10 acres over here. Let me go sell that. And, and they would come and they would bring it and they would lay it down at the apostles so it could be done the right way. So where I want to get to after this kind of little foundation, I want you to understand, folks, we have got to get to the place where, first of all, we love Jesus so much that Jesus can do absolutely anything with us or anything about us. And I'm preaching this, but I got a lot of work to do. And we all say, well, anything I got belongs to the Lord. But I'm telling you, if we say that as a fleshly response, and it's not the Spirit of God, and let me give you an example. You are not going to do that, and I'm not going to do that if I still got a problem, an underlying problem with Robbie Carter because he did something to me three years ago. I'm... I'm not going to be this kind of person right here. I will tell you, I will give you the shirt off my back because that sounds good, but I hope you don't get so bad off that you need the shirt on my back. Because I really like the shirt on my back. That's how we are, amen? How do it? Ah, so see, we're not at one heart and one soul yet. And... And again, staying with 
the context of this right here, I got to tell you this, folks, God has given us a small window now for us to get this right and to reel it in because we will not address what needs to be addressed now, but what we're going to need to address and be instrumental, and we've got to have the power, great power and great grace. We've got to get back to where we can say we've got that. Because there's some things out here that we're not going to be able to do but say, boy, that's bad, ain't it? Well, I'll pray about it. No. <laughs> there's a lot of things that are now and on the horizon that we need to be in the power of God where we can represent Almighty God and God can work through us on the spot and do something about it. There's that kind of needs out there. But the church won't do that until we can say that I love every person that I know in Multitudes Church. I know this. I know that. They know this. They know that. Because we can say, and you know, you can point fingers. I can. We all can dig up things. We can dig up things about people not even here. But we can't keep digging things up harboring things and letting, you know, I've told you the story many times about a name somebody could mention to me, not a part of this church at all, not even around here, and the hair would stand up on them. And see, really I lived a hypocrite life, to be honest with you, because if I have the love of Jesus in my heart and I've truly forgiven this person, why does hair still stand up on my neck? Because there's a problem, Houston. That's why. I have done this with my mouth, but I haven't done this with my knees. And see, if you do that, you're going to have a, there, there's going to be a cutoff in there. I don't care what you say. Bible says, and I keep using 1 Corinthians 13. You can say, I give my body to be burned. I do all this stuff. I interpret tongues. I speak in tongues. I feed the poor. I clothe. We can do all. I give a lot of money. I do all these things, the Bible says. But if you don't have love, it profits nothing. Nothing. Not a little bit, but it profits nothing. And so, folks, I want to get to a place sooner than later that I can say, and people that visit this church says, I don't know what it is, or maybe they can't say I do know what it is, but man, that multitude church, and it ain't this fake facade phony mess. It's the real deal. That's the lovingest group of people I have ever been around in my life. They would do anything in the world, and a lot of them have done things you would not imagine that people would actually do for other people. All of us in here have made the statement, I would die for my child or I'd die for my grandchild. That's what God's looking for spiritually in the church that you would bear each other's burdens. There's no doubt in my mind if I would say tonight, we have a need, we've got somebody in here that needs $500. By the way, I'm only using an example right now. I don't need any volunteers to say we, that's me. I'm telling you that if I was to say we've got a need in this place right now, 
or we had somebody that lost a family member or they're out of work for a week or a month, that we would not get response in here and the need wouldn't get met. There would be money there. There'd be food there. They would, somebody would check on the, Just out of this group here tonight, it would get done. But that's about the best we can do, though, you see. Because when it gets down to the real stuff, the real stuff, being there to, be, to, to pray somebody, help some, pray through somebody's child or a sickness in their family or something like that, or, or somebody really has a need, these people have to come up with $40,000 tomorrow or they're going to lose their home. The kind of, somebody says, you know what, I know the Lord's coming back. I got this piece of property I've already used, or I got this car. Man, there's two of us at home, and we've got four cars there. I'm selling that car tomorrow, and I can put about $12,000 on that need. Do y'all hear where I'm coming from? And, and here's the deal. They don't even want nobody to know where it come from. That, that I just, you know, I, I just probably blew it right there, didn't I? Because first thing we want to do is get on Facebook, $12,000 check. <laughs> don't tell anybody, $12,000 check. What bothers me is to know what people went through to be a part of the early church. Watch daddies be burned in oil. Watch neighbors beheaded. Watch people's homes be destroyed by fire just because they were a part of the church. Christians. Do you remember, I mean, do you realize... How many hundreds and thousands of times scenes like that have played out? And here's the deal. People would not stop. Because, see, they had tasted and seen that the Lord was good, and they know how strong, or they knew how strong they were and how God transformed. So I don't know if we're doing, I want to be more like you, Joe. That's so old. I want to be a vessel you work through. I just feel led to do this for a couple minutes. Anybody here or anybody watching? The best thing right now that I could tell you is that you, you can get there. I can get there. And what I'm asking you to do and, and me to do is for us, oh, let's get there as quick as we can. Y'all, we, we have got some major stuff ahead of us. And I want you to close your eyes. I know just about everybody probably knows this. But you, you can sing it. You can sing it with me or you can sing it for me instead of me singing. But I want it to be a, I want it to be a prayer more than a, a song. I want to be more like you God I do and I I want to be more like you Jesus and I I want
I want to be a vessel you work through. I want to be a vessel you work through. And I, I want to be more like you. If you sung at that time, sing it and pray it this time. Lord, this is my prayer. last part with thanksgiving think about that as we sing it and with thanksgiving i'll be not a believer Jesus died so you could be and all you have to do is say father forgive me I'm sorry for running I'm sorry for ignoring you I need you more than I need to breathe I repent there is only one way Lord and I realize that right now and that's the way that you made you are the way you are the truth and you are the light. So forgive me of my sins and cleanse me. And I dedicate the rest of my life. And, and I'm going to be in church at multitudes or somewhere. And I'm going to do everything I can to be one heart and one soul. And I pray, Father, that we would. We got a lot of homework tonight to go work on from now to Sunday. So God. Help us to make a hundred. 
Lord, help us if we have to fast and pray every day, Lord, whatever we need to do to reel this in as quick as we can. God, help us to do it. And let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And God, would you bless the people? Would you keep them? Would you make your face shine upon them? Be gracious unto them. Lord, would you lift up your countenance on us and toward us, Lord? Give us peace that passes understanding, God. And God, help us to work while it's day in Jesus' name.